That is, um, <laughs> that's a fellow with a fantastic beard, and uh, I'm a little bit jealous. Uh, <laughs> that, that, if you don't know, that, that fellow, his name is George Mueller. And um, if you're unfamiliar with who he is, George Mueller um, lived in, in Britain in the 19th century. And um, he, uh, he, he's, well, he's well known, but one of the things he's, he's most well known for is George felt God talked to him about starting an orphanage in England. And in starting it, he felt God say to him, don't ask anybody for anything. Don't ask anybody for money. Don't ask anybody to, to give you anything. Just pray and trust me. And so that's what he did. And in his lifetime, um, he, they cared for over 10,000 children. And never once did George Mueller ask somebody for money or to give them things. And, and so part of the story, he, and he's recorded them all, part of the story is um, on the night before they were to open the orphanage, George Mueller realized that he didn't have many of the household items and there was no food in the building that, God, that they had, had gotten, right? Kind of things that you would think were important. And so um, he began to pray, and he felt God say this to him, Psalm 81, verse 10, which says, open your mouth wide and I'll fill it with good things. And the very next day, before any child came, um, like delivery after delivery came to the front door. And before a first child walked in, he had everything that he needed. There's another story of one day um, when there were, you know, the, the orphanage had been running for quite a while, and they had run out of food. And, uh, uh, and the, the cook came to, to him and said, George, we don't have anything for breakfast for tomorrow. And he said, that's okay. We're just going to pray and trust God. And so that's what they did. And the next morning, uh, they still didn't have any food. And he said this, he said, gather all the children and have them sit down at the table. And so they did. And it's a lot of children. Um, and uh, they sit down and he, there's nothing on the tables, but they pray and they bless the food that was not there. And after he gets done praying, there's a knock on the door and, and um, a man who was a baker said, God woke me up in the middle of the night, told me that you needed bread. Here's a bunch of bread. And so, of course, they're, they're thankful. And then right after him, there's a man standing behind. And it's, a, it's back in the days when milk got delivered, right? And so, and the, the milkman says, my carriage broke right outside your front door. And if I can't deliver it and it's going to spoil, would you like this? And the kids had breakfast. <laughs> Now, I don't know about you, right? I mean, besides having a, what I think is a fantastic beard, um, I don't know about you, but sometimes, right, it, it's tempting to think that somehow, some way, there's something different about a man like George Mueller, right? That, that, that something, you know, there's maybe something a little bit special about him that, that caused him to hear God or to do something that, you know, that, that seems extraordinary. But the truth of the matter is, George Mueller was a normal, everyday person just like us. And the, the fact is that God still desires to use us, to speak to us, to guide us and to lead us, to do things for him. Now, we may or may not run an orphanage. It might just be simple things that God asks you to do. It, it isn't about how, you know, big or small they are. It's about whether or not we listen whether or not we're faithful to do the things that he asks us to do. God still wants to use us in meaningful ways, day in 
and day out as we listen to his voice and follow his lead. So this morning, right, we're going to continue to look at how we can grow in hearing God's voice and in following his lead. And um, because God wants to speak to each and every one of us. It isn't just like there aren't just special people that God somehow reserves this stuff for. And yet I, I, I think I'm tempted to somehow sometimes think that. Now, if, if you missed last week, I'd encourage you to check it out online. Um, it, it leads into and is a part of today. Uh, in that, what we're doing every week is, uh, or what I'm, for the next few weeks, we're looking at a, a few ways or things that get in the way of us hearing God and then some things that help us understand how we can, under, we can hear God's voice, we can follow his lead in our life, in our day-to-day life. And so this morning I've got two Things that get in the way, too, things that hinder us. And the first one is this. The first is just a lack of knowledge. Sometimes people simply don't know or have never been told that God can speak to them or wants to speak to them. Right? You might be here today, and it, maybe that's just revolutionary. to You're like, I didn't know God actually wants to talk to me. And, and, and yet he does. He wants to encourage, to correct, to direct, to heal, to bring hope. There's also then in that, there's, there's people that have at times been taught that God doesn't do that, that he no longer speaks. Job 33 and 14, right, says, for God speaks again and again, though people don't recognize it. God is speaking over and over and over again. In fact, I, I think he, he talks so much that he's described as the word. God is talking, and we can learn to recognize it. And that starts with some understanding and then practice. And, and in a Sunday soon, we'll actually, it'll be all about um, how ways that God speaks to us and ways that we can understand it. Because in that, um, very rarely does God actually speak English to us um, or our first primary language, whatever that might be. God tends to speak in pictures and impressions and, and, and thoughts and things like that. Anyways, um, the, 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 the fact of the matter is sometimes we just don't know that God still wants to speak. And our knowledge increases when something is explained to us, but when do we really begin to learn it? Well, I mean, when do you really begin to learn something? When you practice it, right? When you try it. I mean, you can learn to ride a bike or drive a, drive a car or cook a meal. Having it explained to you helps you understand it, but until you actually do it, and once you actually do it, then you understand it at a, at a better level, Right? It becomes a part of you. Now, I picked everyday examples in terms of learning because hearing from God is meant to be a very common experience in our life. It's meant to be something that happens regularly. Again, uh, it, it may just be a, a simple, hey, go, go talk to your neighbor. Take your coworker a coffee. It could be simple uh, things, but God uses those things. So first... Uh, one of the ways that one of the things getting in the way is, is the lack of knowledge. The, the next would be unbelief, when we simply don't believe that God speaks or wants to speak to us. In Matthew chapter 13, we, we have this really, um, it's, it's an example of how unbelief plays out in people's lives. So by the time we, this is Jesus' ministry, and by the time you get to, to chapter 13 in Matthew, Jesus had been traveling around for some time. He'd been teaching, been doing miracles. Um, healing people, casting out demons. 
And by this point in time, he had gained a reputation for those things. And in Matthew chapter 13, he goes to his hometown of Nazareth. He teaches, and it says that they're amazed. So the word they're amazed, in, in, in the, it means to have awe of God. And so God is clearly moving as Jesus is talking to them. And then it says that they looked at each other and said, well, wait a minute, we know this guy. And they took offense. And they say things like, we know this guy. We, we know he, he grew up here. We know his brothers and sisters. We know his mom. And do you remember? His mom actually got pregnant with him before she was married. Do you remember that? We know this guy. He's just a carpenter. And they took offense. And that offense led them to unbelief. And then it goes on and it says this. It says Jesus only did a few miracles there because of their unbelief. That part always gets me. Honestly, he still did a few miracles. <laughs> he just did a few. Come on, right? We're like, we saw a few miracles, we'd be like, woohoo! Right? God obviously has a, a whole different idea of what should be happening than we often do. Unbelief gets in our way. If you're struggling to believe that God could speak to you, then it might be that you're hanging on to a fence. Maybe you're offended by something someone did to you or something somebody said to you, which means then that forgiveness is required. Maybe you've grown offended through disappointment or unmet expectations. A lot of people offended in COVID right now, isn't there? I mean, offense was present before COVID, but it's like that's magnified and it's like laser-focused. You, you can grow in your offense through disappointment and unmet expectations. And the, the solution, the answer to that is you, you have to let go of what you wanted or thought should happen and trust God and trust that he's the answer. Maybe, and I think this one's pretty common, maybe you're offended by the idea that God could actually speak to you. And you might think, well, I've never, I wouldn't have said it like that. Here's how I think it plays out. We think things like this. We think, well, I know my struggles. I know my thoughts. I know the things that I think. I know the things that I've done. I know the things that I hang on to. And I just, I just, until that's right, I just don't think God's going to speak to me. That's you being offended by your own sin or your own disobedience or whatever it is, your own shortcoming. And, and here's the thing, right? None of, us, none of us deserve the grace of God, but that is the answer to helping us overcome that. The solution is to receive that grace for you. Because none of this is about how worthy we are. None of it is about how worthy we are. It's all about him, and he is worthy. We haven't earned it. We don't deserve it. Anything that God offers to, it, to us, but he gives it freely because of grace. He makes room for us, even in the worst of conditions. 
There's room for everybody. You've probably heard the saying, there's room for everybody where? At the foot of the cross. Because there is. God makes room for all of us. And so it's funny that, that once we come into relationship with him, then, then all of a sudden we begin to think that there's conditions that somehow are applied to him continuing to speak to us or guide us or lead us. But it simply isn't true. And we can hang on to offense towards ourselves. And grace is the answer. Unbelief. It inhibits our ability to hear God. So now we're going to transition a little away from these and we're going to talk about um, why God still speaks today. Okay, and so um, honestly, you, <laughs> you're going to get a theology lesson a little bit, okay? And, and so, but this is going to help each and every one of us in understanding what the Bible has to say because it'll help us deal with our lack of understanding and unbelief in our life. So 1 Corinthians 13, 8 to 10. And, and I'm going to talk about both sides of this issue from a theological perspective, okay? Um, from those that, that take the position that God doesn't speak any longer today and those that do to help us understand it. So this says, right, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. But now our knowledge partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy only reveals part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. Okay, so there are those that in their theology, so their interpretation of the Bible, use this, this portion of the Bible to support their position that, that God no longer speaks today. That God doesn't speak to humanity any longer. And their thinking is this, that, that prophecy, okay, speaking in unknown language is, is tongues um, and words of knowledge. So these are speaking gifts, right? Things that require people to speak out what God is saying to them. And so their thinking is this, is that that all stops when perfection comes. And their, their interpretation of perfection coming is when the Bible was completed as a book, in about mid-300s, okay? And so before that, the Bible was just a, a bunch of letters, right? A, a smaller books or a bunch of letters written, and then it was all brought together in about 340 AD, and it was decided this is the Bible, right? God's words to us. And there, the, belie the belief, the interpretation of this is perfection came, when the Bible became a book, and so things like prophecy, words of knowledge, tongues stopped. They became useless because we now have the Bible to guide us and lead us. Okay, so that's the idea around it. And what's kind of interesting, and honestly a little bit bizarre, is that those that think that God still speaks today actually use this exact same scripture to prove their point. That almost never happens theologically, right? Like you almost always end up with verses that are very, very different. But the truth of the matter is, those that, t that are in this camp that God still speaks today use this portion right here. The same, these same verses. And so, um, now, to be clear, I believe that God still speaks today. I, I very much believe God speaks to us, he guides us, he leads us. He does speak through scripture, right? Like the story of George Mueller. But he also just speaks to us. He gives us pictures, impressions. He just lets us know things. He helps us. He wants to guide us and lead us. And what helps me settle this, the issue of where to land 
theologically are actually the next few verses in, in 1 Corinthians 13 says this, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see, imper- now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know is partial and, com- and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. So this is written by a man named Paul, who's an apostle. Paul had incredible revelations from God. And here he is writing, I only know partially. I only, my, my, my understanding is incomplete. And so this says, we will see things. At some point in time, we will see things with perfect clarity. Now, like many of you, I've been in faith for years. I'm in pursuit of trying to know God more. And yet, there's still lots of things I don't understand, that I, I don't know, I can't always explain. My life's not perfect. I know you're shocked. <laughs> Somebody as handsome as me. <laughs> I'm getting so old, I really need to give that up. Uh, <laughs> right? My life's not perfect. I'm guessing yours isn't either. And our world certainly isn't perfect, right? There's still evil. There's still injustice in our world. There's only two ways. There's only two ways that I know of that we'll be set free from the imperfection of our world. The first is when we die and we leave our mortal bodies. That, you know, and, and we're released from it and we are in the presence of God. Then then evil and injustice can no longer touch us, affect us. That's one way. The second is if Jesus returns before we die and he takes us to be with him. Those are the only two ways that I understand and know that we can be fully released from the imperfections of our world. And so... You know, and it goes on and it says, then we will see with perfect clarity. Then we will know, more, we'll have a more complete, or I'll have a complete understanding. Who hasn't been confused in this world? Who hasn't wondered, why did that happen? We usually ask the question like, God, why did you allow that? Assuming that he did. But that's how we ask it. And someday, we'll be able to understand And part of the understanding might be that God's like, I had nothing to do with that. That was that person, not me. Okay? Now, if imperfection is us going to Christ or Christ coming to get us, if that's that's the case, if that's what, what, or sorry, if that's what perfection is, if, if us experiencing perfection is us going to him or him coming to get us, then what that means is that prophecy, tongues, words of knowledge still operate today. God is still speaking to his creation if perfection hasn't come yet. I'll tell you a story about when I was, when I was a youth pastor a long time ago. And um, one time there was a, a young lady, an older teen in, in my youth group, and this young lady was trying to figure out what to do with her life. And she had three options that she was seriously considering. I'd talked with her about it before we'd prayed. And one time during, during a, what was a youth service, she was at the front praying, I didn't know about what, and, um, and, but I was praying for people, and I felt 
like I was supposed to go. I felt drawn to her, like I was supposed to go pray for her. And so I went up and asked her what was, what was going on, and she said, I'm trying to figure out what to do, my, do with my life. She said, I've had, she said, I, as I was here praying, I've had this picture from God. She said, I, I had this picture of three drinking glasses on a table. She said, one is full of water and it's overflowing, and the other two are empty. I said, well, what do you think that means? And she's like, I have no idea what that means. I said, well, let me, let me I, I think what that means is that God only has one, one thing he wants from your life in terms of you deciding what it is, the direction you want to take with your life. God has one thing, and it's going to overflow, and I think you already know what it is. You've just resisted giving into it. And when I said that, she immediately broke and began to weep. And, it, it, and so God had spoken to her. See, God still speaks to us and through us. I didn't, I didn't go up to pray with her knowing. It just happened in the moment. God desires to use us, to encourage. It, it encouraged her. It helped her. Because this is how it works. This is what God wants. God still speaks to us today. And he does that so we can have greater understanding and wisdom. Right? So we begin to see things a little bit more from God's point of view. There are times where God then wants to speak into a moment. We experience that here sometimes on Sunday mornings when we gather and God uses an individual to communicate his heart and mind for that moment. Right? And think 1 Corinthians 14 and 26 describes it. Right? When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some, some special revelation that God has given. One will speak in tongues and another interpret what is said. But everything is done, everything that's done must strengthen all of you. God desires to speak in us and through us when we gather like this. And God speaks to give us specific direction. Go there, do this, pray this, you know, pray for that person or that situation. In Galatians 2, again, this is, this is Paul, and he says, 14 years later, I went back to Jerusalem again. This time with Barnabas and Titus came along too. I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. God desires to speak to us, to, to tell us, you know, it, it might not be every moment of every day. I do know people that, that sometimes they'll pause over everything and ask God what they should do. Okay, if God's called you to that, all right, um, I, maybe I'm just a little simple. I don't ask God what clothes I should wear in the morning, but I am open if God tells me to put on a certain color. I will. God uses those things. You'd be surprised. We need to be open to what he has to say. Now, if you're looking for specific direction in your life, if you're like, God, should I do this or should I do that? You know, here, here would, this would be my encouragement to you. Keep doing the things that you already know God has for you to do. You can't steer a parked car. Right? So keep moving. Keep doing the things that God wants you to do. Serve people. Love people. Do things for them. And as you do that, God, you'll find God begins to direct you. Do the things that God wants you to do. Be faithful. And, keep, and then as you're doing that, keep asking. Keep asking him for that specific direction. 
Sometimes I've waited a long time. I think I've told you the story. I knew a year and a half. I knew a year and a half before in my last church that God had told me it was time to go. I waited a year and a half for you guys. <laughs> hey, that's a long time, right? Where I knew something. And, and I just kept praying into it. I kept praying. And honestly, I had this church or that church, and I thought, oh, that's it. Thanks, God. And then it wasn't it. It was you guys. And I'm thrilled. But you keep asking, even as you're doing it. And all that time, I, I mean, I just kept doing what God wanted me to do. So what does all this mean for you today? Well, if God is still speaking, if he's still speaking today, right? If there's still prophecy and tongues and words of knowledge, they're still at work today, then let me encourage you that God wants to use you. He wants to use you. Not, not just me, not just somebody else. He wants to use you. No matter how unqualified you think you are or how disqualified you think you are, God wants to use you. He spoke through a donkey, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? God wants to use you. Now, when Jesus, so I've, I've referred to, you know, Jesus' ministry here on earth and when he went into Nazareth and, you know, people are in awe and God, you know, and he does a few miracles. Think about Jesus' ministry on earth. I mean, what, what, what's it known for? He, he heals the sick, he casts out demons, he raises dead people. He speaks things into people's lives that changes them, right? Well, what's God's plan and purpose for us? Isn't it to be like Jesus? Doesn't it stand to reason that the Spirit of God is in us? And so then what does God want from us? To hide and be safe in this? Right? No, he wants to use us to do those same things. If those are the primary ways that Jesus was used here on earth, it just makes sense to me that they're going to be some of the primary ways we get used. So let me encourage you that God has things he wants to do in and through you. So your homework this week is simply to ask him. Just for one, even. If you're real brave, go for two. <laughs> ask him for one. God, what's one thing you want to say to me or something that you want to say through me, okay? So let me pray for you, and then I'm going to invite the worship team to come at this time.